I think we got everybody settled in. We want to hit the ground running. One of the things I want to do is I want to get right to the reading as soon as we can, especially since we have um, a little bit less time. Um, hey, love you too, Mac. Real talk. I love you guys. Oh, you you have no idea, man. I, I love my TikTok family, my IG family, my YouTube family. I love you guys so much. And... I pray for the best for each and every one of you. And I pray the grace of God over each and every one of your lives. I, I do this for you, to be honest with you. I do this for you. And at any time, if this isn't a blessing to you guys anymore, I'm going to stop. You know, if my time is up and this isn't, a, this isn't a blessing at all to you guys, I stop. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm only doing this because I love the fam. I love all y'all so much. And... And I, my desire for you is for you to journey through the scripture. That's really my desire. My desire for you is to go through the whole Bible and to see it in a whole different light. My desire for you is, is that when you're really exposed to like to the totality of scripture, you're going to have a whole different perspective of what the Christian faith is really all about. And you're going to realize how much of what we call church isn't necessarily the Christian faith. Um, and what parts, you know, what, what, what is the meat that you eat? What are, what are the bones you spit out? You know, when it comes to our, uh, our cultural moment and the church in the cultural moment. And so I, I, you know, I'm, and there are many people who have perspectives about church and about the Christian faith that aren't really Christian, um, but more cultural and political, sociocultural. And so if I can be a blessing to you in just allowing you to just read through the whole Bible. And yeah, the whole Bible seems like a lot. Man, this whole thing, you want me to read through this whole thing? You're talking to a guy who couldn't read through any literature book, okay, when he was in high school. When I was in high school, I couldn't read through any literature book. I was like the football jock who had like, you know, um, other people do my homework for me in literature. I know this was before Christ, so y'all don't judge me, okay? Um, and so reading through the Bible was didn't seem like a thing that I could do in an endeavor. So I understand that there are a lot of you who feel that way, who feel like you can't read through the whole Bible. But guess what? I'm doing it with you. If you would just devote half a Netflix episode Every morning, you can get through the whole scripture. And we don't even necessarily do that. We read about 15 to 20 minutes um, a day. And we I just reflect for another 15 to 20 minutes. And you can get through the entire Bible in a short amount of time. Um, we're not even doing this every day, y'all. We're doing this as often as we can. And yet, even with that rhythm, we've gone through a lot of scripture. We've gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah. We've gone through Esther. We've gone through Job. We've done Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, Isaiah, and now we're reading through Jeremiah. And we've read through the entire Old Testament, uh, sorry, New Testament as well. We're going to go back and read through all of it. And I know for many of you, this has transformed your faith. It has transformed your life. Just something as simple as reading, just reading. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm not here to minister to you. I'm just here to read with you. And I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm so glad you guys are part of this and that you guys are engaging with me. And I'll just share a few thoughts. This isn't a Bible study. I leave Bible study for Patreon. 
um, for our Patreon community. And I want to thank our Patreon community. If you want to, please support on Patreon. Um, just go to patreon.com slash Isaac Frere, or you can just click the link in the bio. You can look at different ways to support and to stay connected with me. But this is really just me endeavoring to read through the Bible with you. That's it. I'm just reading through the scriptures with you. And so let's do that. Let's read through the Bible. And we're going to read by asking three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? God, what are you revealing concerning me? So let's ask those three questions as we prayerfully read through his word. Father, I thank you for the privilege that you've given us to come together to read your word. Father, bless us, Lord, as we engage in this today. Lord, bless each and every person who will be reading, be it live, be it on the podcast, be it on Patreon, wherever they are, in whatever place they are, at whatever time they are. Father, I pray that this would be a blessing. This time would be a blessing, Lord, to us, to each and every one of them, and to us together collaboratively. And I ask that, that in Jesus' name, amen. Let us read. Let's get right to it. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, If you will return, O Israel, says the Lord, return to me. And if you will put away your abominations out of my sight, then you shall not be moved. And you shall swear the Lord lives in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness. The nation shall bless themselves in him, and in him they shall glory. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your hearts. You men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like a fire and burn so that no one can quench it. Declare in Judah and proclaim in Jerusalem and say, blow the trumpet in the land, cry, gather together and say, assemble yourselves and let us go into the fortified cities. Set up a standard towards Zion, take refuge, do not delay, for I will bring disaster from the north and great destruction. Hmm. The lion has come upon his thicket, and a destroyer of nations is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate. Your cities will be laid waste without inhabitant. For this, clothe yourself with sackcloth, lament and wail. For the fierce anger of the Lord has not turned back from us. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that the heart of the king shall perish and the heart of princes and the priests shall be astonished, and the prophets shall wonder. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, surely you have greatly deceived this people in Jerusalem, saying, You shall have peace, whereas the sword reaches to the heart. At that time it will be said to this people and to Jerusalem, A dry wind of desolate heights blows in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan or to cleanse, a wind too strong for those will come for me. Now I will speak judgment against them. Behold, he shall come up like clouds, and his chariot like his chariots like a whirlwind. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe to us, for we are plundered. O Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness that you may be saved. How long shall your evil thoughts dodge sorry, lodge within you? For a voice declares from Dan and proclaims affliction from Mount Ephraim. Make mention to the nations, yes, proclaim against Jerusalem, that watchers come from a far country and raise their voice against the cities of Judah. 
Like keepers of a field, they are against her all around because she has been rebellious against me, says the Lord. Your ways and your doing things have procured these things for you. This is your wickedness because it is bitter, because it reaches to your heart. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. I'm pained in my very heart. My heart makes a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because you have heard, oh, my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried, for the whole land is plundered. Suddenly my tents are plundered and my curtains in a moment. How long will I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void. And the heavens, they had no light. I beheld the heaven, sorry, I beheld the mountains and indeed they trembled. And all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, the whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. For this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black because I have spoken. I have purposed and will not relent, nor will I turn back from it. The whole city shall flee from the noise of the horsemen and bowmen. They shall go to the thickets and climb up on the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken and not a man shall dwell in it. And when you are plundered, what will you do? Though you clothe yourself with crimson and you adorn yourself with ornaments of gold and you enlarge your eyes with paint, In vain, you will make yourself fair. Your lovers will despise you. They will seek your life. For I have heard a voice as a woman in labor, the anguish of her who brings forth her first child. The voice of the daughter of Zion bewailing herself. She spreads her hands saying, woe is me now for my soul is weary because of murderers. Jeremiah 5. Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. See now and know, and seek in her open places. If you can find a man, if there's anyone who executes judgment, who seeks the truth, and I will pardon her. Though they say, as the Lord lives, surely they swear falsely. O Lord, are not your eyes on the truth? You have stricken them, and they have not grieved. You have consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to return. Therefore, I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the judgment of their God. I will go to the great men and speak to them, for they have known the way of the Lord, the judgment of their God. And these have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. Therefore, a lion from the forest shall slay them. A wolf of the desert shall destroy them. A leopard will watch over their city. Everyone who goes out from there shall be torn in pieces because their transgressions are many. Their backslidings have increased. How shall I pardon you for this? Your children have forsaken me and sworn by those that are not gods. 
when I had fled them to the fold, to the full, they, then they committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. They were like well-fed, lusty stallions. Everyone neighed after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? And shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? Go up on her walls and destroy, but do not make a complete end. Take away her branches, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel, the house of Judah, have dealt treacherous with, treacherously with me, says the Lord. They have lied about the Lord and said not, and said, it is not he. Neither will I ever come, sorry, neither will evil ever come upon us, nor shall we see sword or famine, and the prophet shall become wind. For the word is not in them, thus it shall be done to them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, because you speak this word, because I will make my words in your mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them. Behold, I will bring a nation against you from afar. Uh, O house of Israel, says the Lord, it is a mighty nation. It is an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know, nor can you understand what they say. Their quiver is like an open tomb. They are like mighty men. They shall eat up your harvest and your bread, which your sons and daughters should eat. They shall eat up your flocks and your herds. They shall eat up your vines and your fig trees. They shall destroy your fortified cities in which you trust with the sword. Nevertheless, in those days, says the Lord, I will not make a complete end of you. And it will be when they, when you say, why does the Lord our God do all these things to us? Then they shall answer. Then you shall answer them, just as you have forsaken me and served foreign gods in your land. So you shall serve aliens in a land that is not yours. Declare this in the house of Jacob, and proclaim it in Judah, saying, "Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, who have ears and hear not. Do you not fear me?" says the Lord. Will you not tremble at my presence? who have placed the sand as the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass beyond it. And though its waves toss to and fro, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot pass over it. But this people has a defined and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us fear the Lord our God who gives rain both the former and latter in its season, he reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Their iniquities have turned these things away, and your sins have withheld good from you. From among your people are found wicked men. They lie in wait as one who sets snares. They set a trap. They catch men. As a cage is full of birds, so their houses are full of deceit. Therefore, they have become great and grown rich. They have grown fat. They are sleek. Yes, they surpass the deeds of the wicked. They do not plead the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. In the right of the needy, they do not defend. Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? As astonishing and horrible thing he has committed in the land, the prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power. And my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? Jeremiah 6, 
O you children of Benjamin, gather yourselves to flee from the midst of Jerusalem. Blow the trumpet in Tekoa and set up a signal fire in Beth Hecarim. For disaster appears out of the north, a great destruction. They have likened the daughter of Zion to a lovely and delicate woman. The shepherds with their flocks shall come to her. They shall pitch their tents all around. Each one shall pasture in his own place. Prepare war against her. Arise and let us go up at noon. Woe to us for the day goes away. For the shadows of the evening are lengthening. Arise and let us go by night and let us destroy her palaces. For thus says the Lord of hosts, cut down trees and build a mound against Jerusalem. This is the city to be punished. She is full of oppression in her midst. As her fountains well up with water, so she wells up with her wickedness. Violence and plundering are heard in her. Before me continually are grief and wounds. Be instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from you, lest I make you desolate, a land not inhabited. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they shall thoroughly glean as a vine the remnant of Israel. As a grape gatherer, put your back, sorry, put your hand back into the branches. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is reproached to them, is a reproach to them, sorry. They have no delight in it. Therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary of holding it in. I will pour it out on the children outside and on the assembly of young men together, for even the husband shall be taken with the wife, the age with him who is full of days, and their houses shall be turned over to others, fields and wives together, for I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord, because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. Hmm. They have healed. They have also healed the hurt of my people silently saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. They were ashamed when they committed a bomb. Sorry. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore they fall among those who fall at a time. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down. Hmm. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. When you will find rest for your soul, sorry, then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also, I set watchmen over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. And they say, we will not listen. Therefore, hear, you nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but rejected it. For what purpose to me comes frankincense from Sheba and sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable to me, nor your sacrifices sweet to me. Therefore, says the Lord, behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and sons together shall fall on them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. 
Thus says the Lord, Behold, a people come from a north country. A great nation will be raised from the farthest parts of the earth, and they will lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. Their voice roars like the sea, and they ride on horses as men of war in array against you, O daughter of Zion. We have heard the report of it. Our hands grow feeble. Anguish has taken hold of us. Pain as a woman in labor. Do not go into the field, nor walk by the way, because of the sword of the enemy. Fear is on every side. O daughter of my people, dress in sackcloth and roll about in ashes. Make mourning as for an only son, most bitter lamentation, for the plunderer will suddenly come upon us. I have set you as an assayer and a fortress among my people, that you may know and test their way. They are all stubborn rebels, walking as slanderers. They are bronze and iron. They are corruptors. Their bellows flow fear, sorry, blow fiercely. The lead is consumed by the fire. The smelter refines in vain, for the wicked are not drawn off. People will call them rejected silver because the Lord has rejected them. Let's read one more chapter. The word came, the word that came to Jeremiah in, uh, sorry, Jeremiah seven, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, hear the word of the Lord. All you of Judah who enter in these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless and the widow, and do not shed the innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods to which you heard, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal? Murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know, and then come and stand before me in the house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I have seen it, says the Lord. But go now to my place, which is in Shiloh, where I set my name at first and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear and I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house, which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to this place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done in Shiloh, and I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. Therefore, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession for me, for I will not hear. Do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? Hmm. 
The children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire. The women knead dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drinks, offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, says the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the shame of their own faces? Therefore, says the Lord God, behold, my anger and my fury will be poured out in this place on man and on beasts, on the trees of the field and on the fruits of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. Walk in all the ways that I have commanded you that I may dwell with you. Yet I did not obey or incline their ear, but follow the counsel and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backwards and not forwards since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day. I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, you shall speak all these things to them, but they will not obey you. You shall call to them, but they will not answer you. So you shall say to them, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the, of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Cut off your hair and cast it away and take up the lamentation on the desolate heights. For the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to pollute it. And they have built high places in Tophet, which is in the valley of Sunhenam, to burn their sons and their daughters in fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when it will no more be, sorry, will no more be called Tophet or the Valley of Sunhenam, but the Valley of Slaughter, for they will bury in Tophet until there is no room. The corpses of this people will be food for the birds of the heaven and the beasts of the earth, and no one will be, no one will frighten them away. Then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of bridegroom and the voice of the bride for the land shall be desolate. And we're going to stop right there. We're going to stop right there. <clears throat> I want you to be... Um, you know, like I said, I have so much that we can unpack from this, and I really only have a few minutes with you guys. And so I just want to share one thought. But before I share one thought, I want to preface all this by saying that, you know, this is, you, you would see it and you'd say, man, this is, this is dark. This is ugly. God isn't happy. God is, is pretty upset. <laughs> to say the least. 
we read this and we have some context to it. If you've been reading with us, because the context that we have is that we've already seen all this. This has already happened. This has already transpired um, in our reading in in King in the books in the books of Kings and the books of Chronicles that we read early on. We've seen all this, and and even though we've seen all this, we didn't see this angle. We saw Isaiah's uh, perspective of this series of historical events, and now we're seeing Jeremiah's perspective of this series of events. And I like this because Jeremiah is, uh, he is a poetic prophet. Um, his, his, his writing is poetry. Um, and really what this is, is really a compilation of um, um, poetic sermons that, that Jeremiah wrote after God told him to write it because no one was really listening. This is actually a record-keeping book. This is a book in which a record was kept so that the people, when they go through what they're going to go through, have some clarity as to what it is that's actually transpiring and why it's transpiring the way that it is. We saw the demise and the decline of Israel because at the center of the story is Israel. The children of Israel at the center of the story. And really, at the core, the thread of human history can, can be found, the thread that holds the entire fabric of human history can be found in the children of Israel, the people of Israel. Um, they are the backbone, and the backbone to the story that we read through the Scripture and through the Bible is the children of Israel, the nation of Israel. Because God has a special place for Israel. He has a promise on Israel. And that promise on Israel came with a contract. It came with a covenant. And this covenant was made at Mount Sinai, which we read already in the Old Testament. And at Mount Sinai, there was a covenant. And after the covenant came the law, because the law and the covenant are not the same thing. And so a series of laws now were put together. Some called the Mosaic Law or the Torah. A series of laws were put together to fulfill or to give framework to how this covenant was going to be followed. This covenant of being God's children set aside, set apart. God's desire for the children of Israel was for them to be holy. The children of Israel were called to be holy. He says, be holy for I am holy. And so the the, the law was giving framework to the covenant that was made. But the law wasn't a law unto itself for the sake of, let's say, salvation or for the sake of deliverance or for the sake of power or for the sake of influence. That's not what the purpose of the law was. The purpose of the law was is so that the people who were called and set aside as a nation of priests to be the conduit, the connection for which now the children of not just the children of Israel, but the people, humanity can find um, reconciliation to God. This was the purpose of the law, which is why, of course, you know, Jesus even says it, right? And we see it in Hosea. He said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So this whole idea of this law was unto salvation 
Well, we already know Jesus spoke about this. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus, then that's a whole different conversation. But you can't say that you believe in Jesus and believe that the law was somehow the mechanism by which someone is saved or even the mechanism by which someone is sanctified. It's not possible. And so rather, instead, we need to reorient the way we read the scripture is that first, we need to read this for the children of Israel. We have to read this narrative from the perspective of the children of Israel to see what is actually transpiring in this moment. And Jeremiah is now giving us his prophetic perspective. Jeremiah is pointing out his prophetic perspective of what is happening to the children of Israel. And we have the opportunity in reading this to see from this perspective and to learn from this perspective because that perspective is going to give us insight and clarity as to the work that Jesus Christ actually accomplished and who we're called to be in the midst of the grand story of what God is doing. That's that's just a quick little side note there. Because it's easy for us to read this and go, man, this is tough. And it is tough for real. It is tough for real. Because the children of Israel have now completely compromised their calling and their purpose. The children of Israel do not look like a people distinct from God, but the children of Israel look just like all the nations that neighbor them. All the Canaanite nations around them, the children of Israel look just like them. And because the children of Israel look just like them, the children of Israel are now going to fall into the same demise, the same consequences of these other nations, because the whole purpose of Israel was to bring righteousness and justice to the earth. And Israel has perpetually failed in doing it. We read it all through Kings. We read it all through Chronicles. We read it all through that. And so we've seen Israel cannot do and cannot accomplish what they were given to accomplish, even though they made an agreement with God. Even though Israel made an agreement with God, they still could not do it. And the travesty of it is that when Israel began to follow not the law of God, but rather the worship of other gods, that now Israel has become just like every other nation. Israel is not distinct anymore. Israel is not separate anymore. Israel is not the influence that they were called to be. Israel is now one of them. And yet there's something even more tragic, more egregious to God. And what was more tragic and more egregious to God was the hypocrisy of Israel. The hypocrisy of Israel was they were one person in the temple and another person outside. The violation of God's law, really, when we look at Israel's violation, we already talked about this before, that it wasn't just the violation in the sacrificial law. It was the violation of servitude to the will and the heart of God. The will and the heart of God. Their worship of other gods, you have to understand, we don't have enough time to really break all this down, but the worship of 
of these other gods. Understand that there are principalities behind them. These are symbols of principalities, what we call the influencers of cultural moments. And these influencers of cultural moments were very similar to the same influencers that we have today. It was sex. It was money. It was power. It was influence. These are the things that drove Canaan. And they had gods that they served and ways that they worshiped to self-actualize, to influence, to have power, to uh, develop themselves into a people of, of influence and power. And in doing so, pra- practiced forms of worship that would terrify most of us today. Their worship services would terrify those of us today. And what's even worse in what we read here, what's even worse is that the kings of Israel, the the prophets of Israel, the priests of Israel, now, instead of speaking to Israel about the necessity to go back to being a people distinct and separate, to be the people that would bring the righteousness of God, who would bring renewal to the earth, restoration to the earth, to make things right again, to restore mankind back into right, standing with God. These people who were supposed to be the leaders to to lead this and to speak into this, they were also compromising as well, making deals with the devil. That's what we call it. And so rather than following a law that that protected those who were less enfranchised, following a law that brought them close to God, following a law that brought what was at the time different, cutting edge, the taking, taking care of widows, looking out for the less enfranchised, protecting the orphans, helping those who did not have living a life in distinctness, looking fundamentally different than anything anywhere else was. This this lifestyle didn't exist anymore in Israel. Israel looked like Canaan. And what's worse is that even though Israel compromised as everyone else Sorry, even though Israel lived as everyone else did, Israel is different because it was hypocrisy and compromise. And the hypocrisy and compromise as we've been reading it, and this is really what is most upsetting, is that Israel would worship God in the temple Do all the things that look good, you know, the sacrifices, the worship service, the reciting of the Torah, all the things that look good. They gave a semblance of compliance to God's law. But outside of the temple, they were somebody else. 
And that's why he says there in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 5, for if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger and fatherless and the widow and do not shed innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods to who you hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave your fathers forever. Israel, this is your purpose, but that's not what you've been doing. Rather, he says in, in in verse four, right before he says all of that, he says, do not trust in these lying words, saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. He's talking about a people who, who worshiped God in a temple, but the way they lived outside of the temple looked nothing like the people who they were called to be. God was not measuring their compliance to temple worship, God was measuring their compliance to the call of God on the earth. Who are you outside of the building? Remember, we already read this before. We read this earlier, even in Jeremiah, and we read it in Isaiah, that God does not dwell in temples. And yet they had a semblance of compliance because when they showed up to the temple, you know, they did everything that church folk do. You know, when you show up to the temple, make sure we sing the right songs, make sure you bring your offerings to God, make sure you bring your sacrifices to God, make sure you bring the right words, make sure you memorize all the right verses and make sure you know what to do and make sure you do all the stuff that you're supposed to do because that's what you, that's what we're called to do, you know, because again, this is what cultural religion looks like. But what do you do outside? Because he says, you're one person inside the house. You're another person outside the house. You're one person in here, but your words are lying words. You, You do good in church, thinking that God lives in your church. But what do you do outside? Because God is not measuring how compliant you are to showing up to a building and to the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. He says, no, you did all that. That's great. But when I see how you've been living outside the temple, when I see how you treat your neighbor, when I see how you treat strangers, how you've been treating the fatherless, how you've been treating the widow. And what is this thing about you in this other God worship, the worshiping of these Asherahs and these um, Ashtaroth gods and all these other gods that demanded the sacrifice of children. So you look good out here bringing the sacrifice of your goats and your turtle doves and your lambs, you bring all that there, but then you take my own children and you take them to Canaanite temples to sacrifice and shed the blood of innocent children for worship? He said, oh, God is so judgmental. 
and how could God, God is coming so hard. What, did you not even know the abasement, the moral depravity that Israel has fallen into? This is, at this point, it is exploitation. They're exploiting children. They're exploiting women because part of, in, in some of these gods, the, the way they worshiped was through the sexual oppression and exploitation of women. And this is what Israel has become. And we wonder why God is mad. Oh, God is hot. God is upset. And so when we look at how deprived Israel has become, God is pointing out to this one thing. I'm not really looking at who you are in the house. I'm looking at who you are outside of it. In fact, who you are in the house doesn't mean anything. It's who you are outside of it. And this is just a word of conviction because I know I got to go. And I'm really pointing this out because I know we're, we're going to end tight here. But we see that when God is calling judgment on them, he's saying, I can't have you be my children with my promise and to live in this way when you carry my name. You can't carry my name and be living like this. Verse 11, has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your house? Behold, I have, I, even I have seen it, says the Lord. God's like, I can see it. I know, I know how you live outside, Israel. This is really a word of conviction for some folks because I think so many of us, and we, we, we've been doing a Bible study on this. So there are those of you who, if you're, if you're new to Patreon, I know some people, I, a couple of you guys just signed up to Patreon. Shout out to you guys. Love y'all. Thanks for your support. If you go on Patreon, you go, go through the, just click the Bible, search through all the Bible study because we've been doing a Bible study on the church. And I believe this, and I'm more convinced of this than ever. That the one crutch, the one thing that's getting in the way of people's relationships with God is actually the temple. It's temple thinking. It's thinking that God lives in a temple. It's thinking that God resides in a house where you go to worship him as if, you know, God is like some kind of genie. You just put in this little building and then you come in and you give blessings to him and you worship him and you do all. God does not reside in any of these things. This is the golden calves that we've been talking about of the church. And I know I'm shifting here because I don't even have enough time to really connect this to the story of what's happening today. But speaking into this cultural moment, have we, and this is just a question of conviction, church, there's some folks here, 
you didn't grow up in church, you're not in church, you don't know nothing about church, it's all new for you, you don't know any, anything about it, great. This may not apply to you directly, but I want to talk to some folks who grew up in church. Did you grow up thinking that you grew up in a temple? Did you grow up thinking that when you go to church, that's when you are, you know, you're in the presence of God? Did you grow up thinking that church was a place that you go to? Did you grow up thinking that, you know, I got to make sure you don't cuss in church? Behave. You know, you're in the presence of God right now. Did you grow up in church where we were inviting God to come into the house? Did you grow up in church where you're being told all these different things about, well, now you're in the presence of God. This is a holy place. Did you grow up in church thinking that there's a lot of us and we did a whole Bible study on this. You can go back and check it out. But there's a lot of us that need to be deprogrammed because it's the idolatry of space. And I call it that. The idolatry of space that has left us compromising God's purpose on our lives. It's the idolatry of space that has left us not really moving by the power and the influence of God. It's the idolatry of space going into a building and thinking that I just showed up to church today, so I'm good. I got my 30-minute song in. I got my 30 minutes of singing, got my 30-minute TED Talk in, and now I can go home and feel good about myself because I did whatever I needed to do to show up to the building and come to the presence of God. There's a problem with that because temple thinking is antithetical to Jesus. Temple thinking is antithetical to the gospel, and it seems here as we read it that temple thinking is antithetical to God. Temple thinking seems antithetical to the purpose of God. And Israel missed the purpose of the, te of, of, of the temple. Israel missed it, missed it all entirely, thinking that if they just show up and give their little sacrifices to God and do their little thing here, they make sure I get my one hour in on Sunday and then walk on out. And after that, I'll let culture dictate me. I'll, I'll, I'll let culture move me to and fro. I'll, I'll, I'll be influenced by whatever is happening in the cultural moment. I, you know, I, you know I, I did what I had to do in church, so now I'm just going to do me because, you know, I did the God thing. So now I'm done with the God thing. Let me do the me thing. And what God is most offended by. Notice he's more offended by Israel than anyone else because of who Israel is called to be and the law that Israel has been given. And now Israel has become like everyone else, but more so Israel has become a compromiser and a hypocrite. Oh, you followed the temple worship. But forget about loving your neighbor. That don't matter. Right, church? Uh, forget about speaking for those who are oppressed. And, uh, you know, I, I, got my, I got my worship on Sunday, so I'm good. Forget about being a voice for the voiceless. I got my worship in. I'm good. 
Forget about any of that. Compromise yourself. Compromise your morality. Compromise all of it for the shedding of innocent blood. Walk after other gods. Walk after other influences. Then I will cause you to dwell in this place on the land that I've given your fathers forever and ever. This is my word for you today. And it's a conviction and it's not sweet, but it's a beautiful thing. Is this allows us to really re-examine and say, God, you know, why, why, why do I do the things that I do? And why do I live the way that I live? Am I really living under your lordship? Like, are you, are you really, are you really ruling over me or am I just glorifying you among other gods? You know, Am I, and this is, because again, there's so much to unpack here, but this is the real part that I really want to break down is, is, am I, is this who I've become? Have I become so about the church building and so about the temple and so about, let me make sure I have good attendance on Sunday. Have I become so about that, that I missed everything else? Like, have I, have we become so about, like, make sure I get my church in on Sunday, make sure I get my Bible study, make sure I read my verse of the day, make sure I do all of that, that we miss the whole purpose of God's law? Have we thought that maybe the reason why so many people feel some type of way about the church is because the church hasn't been the church? I'm, I'm, I'm going to end this with tension because I love y'all fam. And maybe some of you didn't grow up in church, so you don't know anything I'm talking about and that's okay. But I'm talking to some people who you've been at church for a long time, but have you been the church? Have you, have you brought the presence of God with you? Have you fulfilled God's law. We talk about the law and I, you know, I, I, it's another conversation for another day. I feel like I'm going through another rant because I'm just ranting and I'm just kind of putting it out. You already read what you need to read and I don't have to go in like two minutes. Um, but we always talk about the law and all the laws that you have to follow, all the laws you need to follow, the, the 613 laws that need to be followed in the Old Testament, not realizing that Jesus gave us even more more things that we ought to do, more things, and none of them had to do with anything that happened in the temple. All of them were wrapped around loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And for many of us, we became so entrenched in the culture to do what everybody else does, to live like everybody else, we missed the call of God. And we wonder why the church has seen the way that it is. Verse eight, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal and walk after other gods whom you do not know? Then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves 
in your eyes? Behold, I, even I have seen it, says the Lord. Stop thinking about what you're doing in the church today. Start thinking about how you bring the church where you are. Stop thinking about your attendance and how often you show up. And start thinking about how do you bring representation to the gospel where it is that you're called to be and where it is that you're called to go. Stop thinking it's when you show up to church, that's when you're doing good. Start thinking it's when you bring the church where you are. Stop thinking you're waiting for a priest to affirm you, to tell you that you're good and begin to realize that you carry the power and the presence of God already. Stop thinking that you're you're a person who, you know, you just need to make sure you check off the little religious box because religion is oppressive and you check off the religious box, but you can't wait to leave so you can be free to do whatever it is you want to do. It don't matter if you're living in sin. It don't matter if any of that. You can just go out and just do your thing because you at least check the box and rather think this is about being filled with the Spirit of God and to walk in the Spirit of God and for people to see the Spirit of God, to see the face, the hand, the feet of Jesus where you are. You are the fullness of Christ. Live like it. Live like it. And this is this might sound hard, but it's because of the calling of God on your life. Last thing. I know I'm over time now. I should have been done. I'm over time. I'm going to close this because if I keep looking at this Bible, I'm going to keep talking and keep ranting. I've had this conversation with my sons before. And I'll have it with you. You know, we say, well, God is so hard on the children of Israel. Right. God is so hard on, 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 you know, man, why is God so hard? Why is God so tough? Why, why, why is God going so in on these people? Because he knows what they're called to. I had this conversation with my kids, a conversation with my sons. And, you know, one of them, I just sensed, he felt, man, you're being so hard on me. You know, I said to him, well, I'm your, I'm your father. You're my son. And because I, see what you're capable of, the potential that you have, the capacity that you have. I see myself in you. And because I see myself in you, I'm not going to treat you like I treat anyone else. Because I see myself in you, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to talk to you like I talk to anyone else. And I love you. And it's because I love you so much that I'm going to come at you the way that I'm coming at you. You know, it's God's love that makes us who we are. It's God's love that pushes us. It's God's love that convicts us. It's the love of God. If God saw nothing in us, God wouldn't say anything. If God saw nothing in Israel, God wouldn't say a single thing. If God saw nothing in his church in the season, then God would not say a thing. But it's because God sees who he is and who you are and who you're called to. And he sees himself through you, you being his reflection, you whom he put his seed in, you whom he poured his spirit upon, you who he has called to a higher calling because God knows who you are, because God knows what you're called to. God's not going to let you live like everybody else. He's, gonna, he's not going to let you do what everybody else does. Have you ever wondered how, you, you know, everybody else gets away with certain things that you can just never get away with? 
You ever thought about that? How, man, everybody else can live a certain way, but when I do it somehow, I take life just hits me a different way. Have you ever wondered why there are things that you can never get away with, but everybody else does because of who you are called to be, because of God's call on your life, because of God's spirit on you? So yeah, be grateful. Because those times and those moments where you get burned, those times and those moments where you pay, those times and those moments where you're convicted and corrected, that's because of the love of the Father who sees himself in his children. God sees himself in you. And because he sees himself in you, God's not going to tolerate what does not look like him in you. So rather than wrestling with God and contending in God against God and asking God, why are you coming at me this way? Why do I feel so convicted about this? Why? It's because God has his calling on you. He has his calling on your life. So go be the church, be the presence of God, receive the correction and love is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So yeah, I'm going to come at my sons a certain way because they're my sons. And if I didn't love them, I would never correct them. If God didn't love us, he would never correct us. So thank God for his love. Father, I thank you today as we come before you, Lord, bless us, Lord, today. Let's be reminded, convicted today, mostly convicted today, but also reminded, Lord, it's because of your love, because of your call, because of who you've called us to be. And so I just pray, Lord, as we uh, navigate through this day today, as we traverse this day. I pray that you would oh, remind us, Lord, that you're not calling us to be compliant people in the temple, but you're calling us to be a people who bring renewal and restoration everywhere we go. Fill with your spirit, fill with your presence and power to bring renewal and restoration everywhere we go. So bless each and every person here. Let them think differently, Lord God. For each and every person here who may be even convicted, Lord, by Lord, the sin of compromise, Lord, compromising what you've called them to do, called them to be, Lord, being one person in one place, but another person in another. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that they would bring authenticity to you to bring whatever's broken, whatever is challenging them, whatever seems to cause them to veer away from you, Father, that they'd be drawn to you, Father. Draw us all closer to you, Lord, that we become more like you. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, love y'all. I gotta go. Um, again, subscribe to the podcast, the read and rant podcast. We are, we are moving on the podcast, getting closer and closer to 150,000 downloads. So guys, thank you so much for your support in that. If you want to become a patron, support us by becoming a patron, just click the link in the profile, click the link in the bio, and you'll see how you can become a patron. Um, it's $10 a month. It may not seem like a big deal, but it is a huge deal. Um, it is it is your support, all my patrons that have made all this possible. And also, if you want to stay updated, whenever there's any announcement, anything new, um, I send daily words of encouragement. I'm not doing it as often now because I've been it's been so crazy as we're preparing to make the move. But send me a text, 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. Um, let's just stay connected. And join my email list as well. All that is in the link in the bio. But let's just stay connected, y'all. Uh, because again, you know, things can change, right? I may be on one platform. I may leave that platform, but you'll know where to find me. And I'll always be able to stay in touch with you, keep you connected. So you'll know where to find me. Who knows how long I'll be on TikTok? Who knows? Who knows how, how long I'll be on IG? Or who knows how long I'll be on YouTube? We don't know. 
but at least you have other ways to stay connected with me. So it costs you nothing to text, so send a text. But I do want to thank all my patrons who are the visionaries alongside with me to help me as the next season. I'm really excited about it is that once we're done making this move and we finally get settled in, I look forward to this next season and really equipping people to be influencers, to be gospel influencers, like really helping you do what God is calling you to do, to fulfill what God has purposed you to do. And so um, that's really what I'm here to do. I'm not here for you to, you know, just be my follower and just, you know, support me. I'm here to send you. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to empower you to be the church where you are. So love y'all, fam, and uh, we'll stay in touch, okay? Love y'all. Peace out.